My guest today is Cheyenne Lortz. Cheyenne is a 25-year-old social work major graduating spring of 2024 at UT Tyler's first social work program's graduating class. Cheyenne has lived all over East Texas and calls Tyler home. She loves painting and live concerts, especially older punk rock. She is the proud parent of twin boys who will be four years old in July. Welcome, Cheyenne. Thank you. It's really nice to be here with you. Um, Cheyenne, I I had in mind to interview you today um, to learn more about the social work program, the social work club, but more than anything, I really want to know what you've seen and experienced in that program, especially in our community and region. So that's kind of where the, co- the questions are going to go. So um, let's start with this one. Um, what drew you to the social work program and, and particularly the one at UT Tyler? Uh, honestly, what really drew me into this program has a lot to do with like uh, my history and uh, growing up and growing up here. Uh, there's a lot of systems uh, that I've seen firsthand that I feel like could really use some adjusting and some re-going over uh, here at home in Tyler and across the state and across the country a lot. Um, I feel like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that people look over very easily that eject such a. I'm trying to think of the best word for it. Uh, eject such an impact on large masses of our populations. And a lot of these issues can be fixed with some uh, policy tweaking, especially from people who work on a grounds level and knows how these people are really affected by the decisions that people are making higher up. Um, so that kind of pulled me into social work is uh, learning that uh, you can work on a macro scale to make those kinds of changes to help the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like there was some personal impact that got you there. So I might yeah. I might hearken back to that later. Okay. Thanks for the bite. Um, that's great. That's a great intro. Um, so you have participated in some community events now where you've kind of taken what you've learned in class and and been reading about and hearing about and ostensibly applying that to what you're seeing in our area. Um Tell us, you know, things you've participated in and engaged with that have been especially impactful for you. Um, I have to say that uh, I've really enjoyed a lot of our events and a lot of our community work. But what has impacted me the most was working with uh, Tyler's homeless population, especially with uh, Hunger for Love. Um, So can you describe to us what Hunger for Love is? uh, Hunger for Love is... uh, Essentially, it's a, it's a program and a group. Uh, they uh, they work with the church and they get a lot of assistance from the uh, street team as well, which is uh, another group and organization of people here in Tyler that uh, work with the homeless. Um, and on uh, Saturdays, uh, they do hot breakfasts and lunches. Um, there are like uh, other uh, communities and other groups of people that will also help with clothing. And sometimes uh, they'll be there at the same time as Hunger for Love because they know that's when the homeless population will be there. Uh, I've worked with Street Team, too. Actually, uh, I've really enjoyed meeting some of those people. Uh, but also uh, having those opportunities, uh, it's really eye-opening and humanizing to the people that we have that are uh, living in Tyler without a home. 
uh, just talking to them and hearing their stories and how much they're just people just like everyone else. And I think sometimes uh, it's uh, eye-opening to how quickly we can find ourselves in a hard position. So going back to something you said at the top about systems that could have some tweaking to make these big changes, um, what do you imagine would be some tweaking that could be done for the homeless population in our area? Um, I can think of multiple things. Uh, A couple of them are actually ideas that I got from talking to the homeless population here in Tyler. Um, One of them is we do a yearly pit count. And the idea of the pit count is to get an idea on um, how large our homeless population is. And they use that count to distribute funding uh, to different areas that do or don't have more of a population. Uh, But we do this count in the middle of winter. Uh, And if you actually uh, talk to um, our homeless population population, a lot of them have to keep moving in the winter. So it's incredibly hard to find and count them. So the statistics that we have on Texas's homeless population is inaccurate because of the time that we do the pit count. Uh, I think it'd be better to do it in the spring um, because that way we could actually find these people and get a more accurate count of them so that we would know how much resources we actually need and handle the problem based off of that number. Um, Some other things, uh, I think, uh, better addictions programs. Um, uh, Our homeless shelters have a lot of guidelines and restrictions on them. Uh, Some of the ones that I know have been a problem for uh, people here in Tyler is uh, on really hot days and really cold days, they'll open up the emergency shelters. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Just repeat that sentence. (laughs) Uh, On really cold days and really hot days, uh, they'll open up the emergency shelters for homeless people to take shelter from that. But they don't do it when it's raining and flooding. So we have a lot of people that will lose what belongings they do have to the rain or they'll be staying in the woods and it washes away their camps uh, or makes them really sick. So that's another thing is I think during like flooding periods, going ahead and opening up those emergency shelters so that they don't lose what they do have and so that they don't get sick as frequently would be good. (laughs) (laughs) I also think... um, Uh, East Texas mental health isn't really at its best. Texas ranks very low on uh, mental health standards. Uh, And um, I just think working with that more, too, would also just open up more uh, opportunities for everyone in East Texas, honestly, but also with our homeless population, too. Thank you. Yeah, those are great observations. Um, in addition to those sort of like concrete policy changes or or just logistics changes, um, have there been any topics in class that have been particularly meaningful to you? Mm. I think that's hard to say because I think the majority of what we talk about in our classes is really meaningful for me. Mm. Um I mean, we go over the macro policy changes, which, of course, I take an interest in, and uh, we go over different populations, everywhere from homeless to addiction to uh, children who have grown up in this 
not necessarily the best of circumstances, the stages of life and how we develop and grow into adults and even how even as an adult, we're still continuing to change and grow because we go through different stages of life. Um, it's a wonderful mix of psychology and sociology and uh, in some cases it can get a little political. Um, right. But I don't know. I think I'm just passionate about the program. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, what specific events have you participated in? Oh, goodness. Uh, well, the first event that I uh, participated in was uh, right after becoming treasurer. And it was uh, the Trunk or Treat done with the East Texas Crisis Center. Right. Uh, I have uh, worked with Street Team and with Hunger for Love. Uh, we have done uh, two events with uh, one of them was the Alzheimer's Alliance and one of them was another Alzheimer's group. But okay. yeah, uh, the Alzheimer's Alliance and then the Alzheimer's something of East Texas. Okay. Yeah. So sorry. It's all right. Um, but um, so we did uh, fundraising for one and we did pinwheels with another one. And that was another impactful event was doing those pinwheels for the Alzheimer's Alliance. Uh, we essentially uh, went through campus and asked people uh, about if they've ever had loved ones with Alzheimer's. And um, if they did, uh, we'd write their name on a pinwheel and kind of give them a chance to like just share their memories that they had of uh, their loved ones. Um I think it was a really interesting way to kind of get to know people, but also uh, some people got very emotional. Um, but it was just kind of wonderful to see um, similarities between people. You know, I uh, I lost my grandmother to Alzheimer's, and so I think it's just, it's another one of those things that kind of hits home. Yeah. 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 Um. So you mentioned at the beginning, social work for you was not just an outside academic interest, but this also is very autobiographical for you. Yeah. Do you care to share anything about where those two meet? Um, I'm basically asking you, what's your why? You probably have a why story. I do have a why story. Um, I grew up in, uh, I guess, essentially a broken home that had uh, a lot of addictions in it and um, some problems with domestic violence. I've seen, uh, I've seen how those systems work through families. Uh, I've seen how the criminal justice system uh, affects people coming in and out uh, and poverty. And honestly, I come from a place where we were taught not to trust social workers or a lot of people, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, and and then I had my children. Um, so I began breaking a lot of the cycles that I had grown up in and seen. Sorry. And uh, so I began to break those cycles uh, in hopes of doing better for my own family. And I started school. I actually started school as a psychology major. Um, but I was in a federal government class when someone pulled me to the side and started telling me about social work yeah. and about how diverse it was. And um, 
I got to talking to her and I switched my major and decided that, you know, uh, I wanted to try to help other people break these same cycles on a large scale. Cheyenne, if you could be the social worker coming into your life at a younger time in your family and its systems and its history, what do you wish that social worker could have been or done? Maybe a little bit more patient to gain my trust. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a that's a hard one as building rapport. And um, a lot of people in these situations, they've been through a lot. And they might not just necessarily uh, jump to take your hand. Yeah. So there really is a relationship there that has to develop. Yeah. That's why I feel like social work is, I mean, there are some other professions like this too, but it's so relational. They're really, um, there's less of a filter between your work life and your personal life because at some point it kind of all feels personal. Yeah. When you're investing that yourself, much, even if you are in this professional role to develop that trust, someone's going to have to see you as fully human. Yes. Uh, and then I think that's where, um, some of the importance of self-disclosure comes from, you know, of course, with an appropriate boundary and line. But, you know, um, people tend to trust you more if they realize that you actually understand and you're not just a person in a business suit or pencil skirt sitting in front of them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, last question I want to ask you. What is your hope for Tyler in East Texas as social work hopefully grows and expands? Um, I honestly just really hope that uh, I'm circling back around the systems. I hope that some of the systems here can be fixed uh, to be more accepting and more understanding of like the LGBTQ community to be more accepting and understanding of the homeless community and understanding the struggles and how easily it can be to find yourself in that position. And I'm hoping that we could get uh, better rehabilitation facilities and uh, more mental health assistance, especially here in Tyler. Uh, And just, I'd like to see some positive changes. Is there anything that hasn't come up yet that you want to address? Anything that you wish people knew or understood? Mm. So I'm going to take a second on that one. And I think the best way to word it, or if I should just keep it short. Um, There's a lot of stigma about social workers. I guess I could just address that. Sure. Uh, I think that if there was something that I would really like more people to know about social workers, it's honestly a misunderstanding that even I had when I was younger and already in college before I had started the social work program. Uh, There's a lot of stigma behind social workers that, you know, if you're honest with them or if they come into your lives that you know you'll lose your children or you'll get in trouble because you're struggling with addiction and the law could get involved but uh, at its core the idea and the hope 
and the goal of the social worker isn't to come and take things away from you or to get you in trouble, but to help you find the resources and guide you down paths that can help you get to the places where you want to be and to make things better for yourself and your family. And it's not as scary as it may seem whenever these other stigmas fade away. Mm-hmm. So we still have a little bit of time. Do you mind if I go down a bunny trail for a minute? I like bunny trails. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Um, this is just a question that I ponder a lot, a lot. Um, and I love that you're talking about systems because a big part of what the Tyler Loop is, is asking people to see what's happening in their, what feels like a very personal subjective experience, how that is being impacted by the systems that are part of our world in this region. And, of course, that's a two-way street. Also, how how are we impacting those systems? Mm -hmm. So when I say systems, I'm thinking of everything from criminal justice to education to religion to um, poverty, (laughs) (laughs) Um, cycles of poverty, mental health, access to health care in general, blah, 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 on and on and on. So when we interview people, (laughs) it's always with that eye in mind, no matter who I'm interviewing. You know, I'm asking myself, what system are they a part of? So... um, some people talk about like the the pathway to change is um, policy, like lawmakers, um, and then other people. And these aren't necessarily like exclusive, but I hear another branch of people that say this is really about hearts and minds. Like, get to know somebody, sit down with them, have a cup of coffee with them. Mm-hmm. Is there a sweet spot where those come together? Um, or is there one that feels to you more important or more um, change-making? I definitely feel like it is the combination of both. I think uh, sitting down with that cup of coffee or tea and having that conversation with those people to really understand uh, where they are coming from as a person uh, is what ignites people to be interested in making large policy changes yeah you know uh, i feel like uh, a lot of people they have to um they have to see it the problem has to be humanized for people to get involved and once that involvement takes place you can do more changes because you need people putting out the word you need people working for it you need voting you need those active changes to be made but to inspire people to do that it has to come to heart first. Right. I can't tell you how many politicians I've interviewed that talk about the cup of coffee and sitting down. It's like the thing they say. <laughs> Sit down with somebody, have a cup of coffee, listen to them, let them know they're understood. And I, I leave so frustrated because I'm feeling like nothing has happened. Zero. Like, what, are we supposed to applaud you because you sat down with someone? Like, nothing has happened to move the needle. Yeah. Um, but maybe something has happened to move the needle. And then I'm also thinking of sort of this third way, which is even more like psychological or even spiritual, which is when you come, when you show up as a social worker who's also had this experience with social workers Mm -hmm. from your younger life, and you've been able to heal those parts of yourself, how much impact does that have on the work you're doing now? I feel like it's will have an extreme impact because I can't say that even now that some days don't get hard, uh, but something that I've definitely turned to that I feel like I will hopefully be able to have people also turn to 
is even if you've come from somewhere that's so hard, as long as you look at the progress that you're making, you'll feel a little better. (laughs) Cheyenne Lords, it's been a delight to have you. Thank you for sharing with the Tyler Loop. Thank you.